Wow, that was good. And we're live. Evening, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to tonight's podcast. Um, if you're on YouTube or if you're listening on iTunes or any of your other podcast providers, um, really cool tonight that actually we've got Jan uh, Bakken in tonight, who's from Moss Jiu-Jitsu in Norway. We have another one of our Viking friends. Um, we've, uh, as a quick intro, um, we've sort of trained with Jörn loads of times when we've been over to Iceland and um, it was cool to get him on tonight so we can talk about obviously how his academy got started and his sort of training in jiu-jitsu and all that kind of stuff. Because um, I think from what I remember, we got a slightly different setup in terms of how they work, like public sport and things like that out in Norway. Yeah. And so that'll be really cool. Um, so thanks for jumping on. Thanks for coming on. Quite short notice as well. We, we kind of messaged him like... A couple of days ago, suddenly realising that we hadn't done anything about the podcast and yeah. uh, kind enough to jump on as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for jumping on. Thank you for inviting me. I've been, uh, yeah, as we talked about, I've been, we know we're closed down on the 15th of March, 17th of March. And uh, after that, I've been uh, growing uh, my belly a little bit and uh, watching too many BJJ videos and all the techniques, yeah, but uh, watching you guys, so yeah. Nice. Thank you, uh, thanks for this segment, it's been, yeah, I, I uh, put it on uh, all the groups that we have for most Jiu-Jitsu and people watch it and yeah, you guys are doing the work and uh, the best we can do right now, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, thank you for doing that as well, it's good, it's nice. And uh, yeah, it's just good. It's helped us. I think we've said it quite a few times. It's helped us keep in contact with people. And yeah. we were saying just before we came on about trying to keep contact with people. And, you know, we've had a really awesome opportunity to talk to really cool people that actually you, it'd be really hard to get them to talk to you, you know, otherwise because they're busy and everything else. So, yeah, no, it's been cool. It's been really yeah, I went through the list of professor, 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 professor. Oh, blue belt from Norway. Okay. <laughs> Not just any blue belt. Not just any blue belt. That's true. <laughs> so, just to give people a bit of background, how long have you been training? You've probably been training similar to us, maybe a bit longer. Um, when did you start? My whole, I started uh, when I was 40 years old uh, in 2002. I promised myself that I've been waiting. Uh, long enough to try this and been in martial arts for yeah almost 30 years and um, so 2002 on Christmas Eve I told my girlfriend that I was going to start up and we did that the 5th of January the, that year and been training ever since until the 15th of March yeah so that is my journey in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so seven years now yeah okay. yeah like that. yeah and how did you, did you straight away, um, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, did you straight away find um, the Pedro Sauer Association and how did you, how, who did you start training with first of all? I can, I, I think I was starting, uh, I, I'm from a really small place, uh, farm place and uh, there was nothing training and my mother and father gave me a VCR when I was 12 and I rented all the Jackie Chan's, all the Ninja movies, all the Chuck Norris, all the Bruce Lee's everything and when I was 14 I was old enough to uh, more or less travel to the nearest town of uh, 10,000 people and then they had the taekwondo so I trained taekwondo from I was around 12 to I was 18 and did some 
national teams and things like that. And uh, yeah, I studied somewhere else and moved and uh, I left a little behind. But then when I was a little bit older, I moved to the capital, uh, Norway, and that was in 95. And I was really looking for a place. And I've been always into martial arts and watching the UFCs and things like that. But I, I knew that was a place in Oslo that had the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But I, after three years, couldn't find out whether because there were like 10 or 15 guys and moving around. So I, I think I missed the training two or three times, uh, trying to get there. Um, and then I said, like, okay, I can't figure this one out, but um, what's the closest thing I can get? And that was uh, Japanese uh, Jiu Jitsu or uh, in uh, Korean called Hapkido. So I, I started training Hapkido for like 10 years. And then in 2002, I said, like, okay, I have to change this. And uh, I, uh, I just bought all the Gracie uh, University DVDs and uh, said, like, this in this taekwondo club, which is still training. These guys who want to tra train Hapkido with me, I want to do this afterwards. So after we had trained Hapkido, let's set a group and we bought a big TV and uh, starting watching the DVDs. And um, yeah, it, uh, we started with two people. And when uh, COVID now struck, we were about 38 or 40 people training. So yeah, it's been a nice journey. and. Um, just after that, I think Al Maganello was uh, touring in Halden, and I by chance heard about it, went there, got the connection, and uh, Johan and me start talking, and after that I was uh, into Pedro Sauer, and uh, since my background is in Hapkido and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, Aikido, it's been always about self-defense, and um, yeah. The, the Pedro Sauer and Gracie was my preferred choice and he also had the curriculum which uh, for us that started at absolutely white belt some nevasa but still uh, that was uh, one of the things I, said, I felt like after you had the uh, Gracie University DVDs you know what the curriculum actually can do I mean I trained for two years without any or like one and a half year without anything and when Still, when new people got into in the door, we felt like, oh, I knew things. I, I, I'm growing. I'm like, I, this is easy. Like, this is actually after like two years, I have big guys coming in and test me out. And yeah, I did okay. So yeah, that's just from the DVDs. And of course, after that, it's been, yeah, much better. But still the curriculum and Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, the self-defense part has been my focus. Yeah. This um. It's impressive. Like it's quite a lot of parallels to us, although you you had to look even harder and work even harder to find obviously ways of training and being able to get the training you want. So kind of yours put you sort of in a sort of old school position where you had to really seek out the training. Um, yeah. There's a bit more of it. Obviously, there was more of it over in the UK by that point, probably when we started. Um, so we had a slightly easier. But yeah, you've you've done it sort of a harder way in a way. Um but it just proves, you know, yeah, that that curriculum yeah. makes a massive difference. We find we we say that all the time, don't we? That having a curriculum, although sometimes I know with some people it's not the most popular thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I, and, you know, as soon as we had a rotating curriculum that went round in a in a predictable loop that people yeah. knew what night was what class was going to happen what night, the 
speed of improvement of the students was yeah they just all of a sudden we just went oh wow oh, okay that you know that makes a massive difference yeah. and and another main thing is like also for the people that are not that athletic and not they're in there for the sport you actually need the most like people that for me it, nothing comes very easy i have to repeat and i have to understand it and um i but the as long as i know the way i know i take smaller steps but i get there get there and um, that's what is here we have people from like seven or eight years to 70 years old and all train and the curriculum is actually what makes these people stay stay with us and still hope sending me mails and sms's every day and say when can we start training again and yeah so without that curriculum, I think, yeah, I think we wouldn't have any any great jiu-jitsu in Norway at all. The curriculum is actually what keeps these people coming to us, and and yeah, and when they're a little bit away or something like that, they they knew what we're gonna train, and if they they missed it, they can actually go and see what we did, and if they uh, want to do it more when they get home, they, they just take and take a look at the videos again and that is unique uh, in our system so yeah yeah um and for people that don't realize your your academy where you train that's actually a really big mat space isn't it you've got a really decent sized <laughs> yeah really we are i don't know how that transferred to you guys but we have 300 square meters i don't know how much that is it's yeah. uh it's yeah. big <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and have you guys did you come to us when Pedro was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, we no, we have a huge, we have a huge space, and uh, we were only using half of it, if you remember. Mm. We were using yeah. the, the smaller half. That, yeah, we we now have, but now we have like uh, what do you call that? Uh, like a plastic tar uh, all over the place. When you guys were there with just the mats, so now we have yeah. the, the easy to clean and everything like that, and yeah. But uh, in Norway, the thing is like, it's a Taekwondo club and we are part of the Taekwondo club. But in Norway, the, uh, the place is more or less funded by the children to train there. Because if you have children under 14 that trains, they, and the state more or less gives you the double of what they pay. So the club is about 200 members. 40 of them more or less is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but 100 of them are actually taekwondo kids and then we have a small mai tai group of 20 and then the rest is uh, grown-ups uh, doing taekwondo but it is it says like we can be in that huge place just because of the children and the way that norway's funding uh funding at uh, these small clubs um, but we can't then be professionals more or less like you guys because if i take salary out of this club then the state don't pay us so it's more like on a voluntary basis as long as the trainers don't get paid more than a certain thing then the state uh yeah pay, pays uh, double what the children more or less pay yeah okay so is that do they pay for them so is that across kind of all of sport that they yeah. pay? all of sport as long as you're a member of the Norwegian um, Athletics Association more or less I don't know yeah something like that as long as you're there and all the trainers get some A and B and C courses and you sign these things and also then we get member money from the States. But somehow also a pretty strange thing. We also get money from the people that do betting, uh, sports betting and things like that. 
they also have to pay into um, this uh, sports association and they then give back. So actually it's, uh, yeah, it's the only way that they're allowed to do betting in Norway for sports is that you actually pay back to sports and children get most of the part of that money. That's a good idea. Yeah. So gambling is actually legal because of children's sports. <laughs> I, I don't know what that tells you, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's almost like getting uh, smoking to pay for health for, for kids' healthcare, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great example. Yeah. yeah. So you you've been so yeah, really similar to us. You've been locked down pretty much the same. Have you had any time out of lockdown since March? Um, uh, March it came, all went down, all schools, all kindergartens, nobody allowed to work. If you can work from home, you must work from home. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that was until May, I think, June. Uh, then there was, of course, the holidays. And after that, they're starting the children up to 12 can train and then children up to 18 can train. And then was a professional sports. But now after Christmas, they turned that all back again because we have this spike and you guys uh, mutated some virus and <laughs> it came to us and I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> then all breaks are on and off again. And now if you're... Uh, under 20 years old, you can train. So our Taekwondo program is back. But of course, our Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai, most of the people are over, over 20, 25, uh, average, yeah, very close to 30. So we don't do anything. Uh, I could maybe go and train two or three people. But then again, these people then wouldn't have partners enough because you're only allowed to train four people in the group and it's just complicated so we just said like we wait until people over 25 can train and then we will turn it back on again yeah, yeah. so have you got a, have they given you some sort of timetable do you know kind of what nope. the next couple of months is looking like or anything no nope, nothing nothing no timetables at all but what they say like now is i think we are on uh i was i think we are on four percent of uh, people with the vaccine right and they think they in Norway, they will do the vaccine. They'll be finished in late summer. Yeah. So it makes sense that we will fully open after the summer holiday in August. That's what everybody thinks. Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't know. Uh, we we are outside the European Union. So we lost out a whole lot of vaccines. We're supposed to have 1 million vaccines and then they didn't come. I think you guys, hopefully, you, got, you have it. We've got them all. <laughs> Yeah, so no, uh, no timeline whatsoever has been given to us. No. I think the latest for us was what the 30, one third of the adult population has had their first dose now. Okay, Oof, that's 18 great. million, 35% odd of the, of the adult population. Okay, yeah, roughly. Yeah, any of you guys? Uh, no, but we, we all found out well, we kind of knew anyway, but officially found out today because we've all gone over 40 now. That we're okay. actually one of the next priority groups. There you go. There you so, go. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, that, that means that we'll probably get it sometime between April and June. So not yeah. that much of a priority. <laughs> yes, same timeline as we have. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what are they doing with the kids? Because we've got this thing where when well, as we go back in and before we re-lock down again, yeah. we could run the kids' classes, but then we weren't allowed to interact with the kids. 
Same but, thing here. You're not allowed to touch them. You're not, you're not uh, allowed to guide them. And um, they have to train within square meters. These four kids have to train within and you have to sign up which kid trains with, with kids. And it was just like, uh, I mean. We yeah. got around that one, didn't we? Because we, we, we just said, look, we don't even want to mix the kids up because it gets like too much of a headache. So we just said, look, bring your pet. The, the parent jumps in with yeah. them because then they're in a household bubble rather than a training bubble. Yeah, but then in Norway, if you're over 25 years old, you're not allowed to do physical sport in the inside if other people are more than 20 years than you. Yeah, so we couldn't do it. No. It kept changing for us at the end of last year. You could sort of do certain things, and then you couldn't. And you know, so we, we yeah, we, we've been. But that's where we currently kind of. Well, that's where we'll probably be in April, I guess, won't it? Again. Is that you can kind of the adults can't train in an exercise class, but kids can. But then, if it's a parent and child group, then you can have. Well, we should be able to have parents there still. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of that because the, yeah. the parents aren't there to train; they're there to make sure the kid don't hurt himself. Hmm. Yeah. Anyhow, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's uh, been like people. Uh, how coming like oh it's close now it's close now it's not now it's getting there and then it's going down and then it spikes up again and yeah we're back back on so yeah yeah that's the way it is yeah What's the biggest the biggest challenge is i believe that even though a few people have been paying and say they're coming back but i life takes takes part and things change and i'm even though people are paying now because they they pull about how much like 10 15 pounds a month from the cell from the bank account i don't think they even notice anymore so it's been exciting to see who actually coming back after this long and especially like people that are close to blue belt or like close to something like how do they feel yeah yeah how, yeah it's uh, been strange and we were saying the other day that you you almost get the point where um you know, people after being out for so long, it's not necessarily a jujitsu thing, but when you haven't been able to be near anybody for a long time, do people get a little bit phobic of just close contact? Not yep. because they're kind of like, you know, post-vaccine, it's maybe, you know, it's not so worried about that, but they're just not used to social contact anymore. No, you're right. And even, if somebody would even talk- eye contact is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm just going to carry around a screen so it looks like I'm on a on a on a device and people might look at me. <laughs> yeah, no, but do you guys do you guys use face masks when you wherever you go shopping all around? Yeah, any any yeah. transportation face masks all over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're still in sort of that phase. Um, yeah, that face mask, social distancing, and then that's that's. Well, it's not a lot more you can do, is there? I suppose. No. And um, you don't have these people running around say that that's against nature to wear masks and things like that. That's America, I hope. Yeah, we have yeah. those as well. Yeah, we have you those. Do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got those. We've got, I mean, we've got, I suppose everywhere's probably got it. We've got everything from, we've still got the people that don't believe it exists or. Nah. Okay, you still. Uh, we've still got, you know, we've still got from every fringe to. I had an experience. I had something the other day where I was driving down to my studio, and I don't know if I've told these guys this. Actually, I was driving down to my studio, and someone jumped from the pavement into the middle of the road because someone was walking past. And literally, they um, 
and I had to slam on the brakes and then inform them that they were way more likely for to be killed by my van than they were to be killed by <laughs> COVID. People have a strange relationship with risk since oh. last year. Yeah. yeah. The very small part, very small transmission risk as you go past someone like this versus jump in front of a car and try that one out. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, but but cars have been around for years. We know about those. Covid's yeah, exactly. new and different. Yeah, cars definitely hurt. Yeah. <laughs> definitely hurt. Definitely yeah. hurt. Were you yeah. in the van as well, Pete? Yeah, I was in my massive van. How, <laughs> was, how long is that van? Uh, seven meters long. Yeah. <laughs> Able to see you coming then. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was quite surprised. I have to say. But there you go. So, yeah, we've got everything from uh, from the people that just want to train and want to kind of, you know, ignore it and, and everything yeah. else, like, you know, or, you know, every way. But, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough and it's difficult. And I, I'm kind of, I try and, yeah, and then the vaccine thing as well. Obviously, some people super keen to have the vaccine and some people not keen and some people very anti-vaccine. But I think as a whole our vaccine uptake has been really high over here, isn't it? Yeah, it's been exceptionally high compared to the estimates that they're using to plug into the modelling to find out what they think it's going to do. You oh, know, yeah. They're assuming like an 80% take-up or something. And I think in the, averaged over the age groups they've done so far, it's like 95, 96% uptake or something. Yeah. Obviously, I think, they down, I, think that, I think that acceptance goes down the younger you get. But with the people they've done so far, it's been like... Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll be all right now, though, because the Queen came out this week and told everybody to do their duty and get the vaccine. So, um, yeah, we'll be fine. And that's it. You're like, if she says it, you guys will say, OK, then we yes, do that. Wow. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Some people say, yeah. yes, OK, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do exactly as I'm told by the, you know, by the Queen. Other people are going to go, don't like monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Just <spite> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, that one. What, what are you uh, What are you looking forward to most, Yon, uh, when you get back on the on the mats? I have to say, like, what I'm looking most forward to it's is that contact you bond with people that you train with. Uh, sometimes, usually, the, when you're old, you're old and sparred for an hour or something, and you sit down and you stretch and you do that talk, and you you get you get in contact with people that somehow you don't do, not at work. If, I mean, you can work with people for years, but if you roll with them two or three times, that's the connection you make there. And just to see people come in and, and starting and, and feel like you guys said, like it's going to be when we're getting together now, the, the, the fear of inter intimacy and or closeness is going to be much, for many people, much harder to do. And then to come there and see people coming in and, and get the feeling of the partners and get the, the culture that we have there and, and just feel like, okay, we're doing good things again because all these people that come in the door and start training and you feel like I actually bring something of value to their life. Uh, whatever I do personal, whatever I s uh, sell as a professional or, or my business, that feeling that when you see a 16-year-old coming in, which is skinny and and you know he's the reason to be there. He don't want to tell you right away, but still, when you enrolled with him, and after two or three months, you see the followers coming and watching the training and and talk to you. I mean, that is you can't pay for that. That is that's what I'm looking forward to 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 feel that I contribute to the society and 
the place I live in. That's uh, yeah, that's the most important thing, and uh, yeah, nothing beats that really. No, no, that's good. <laughs> you mentioned there, like the sixteen-year-olds come in and train, and then the parents come to watch. Do you, do you have many um, families that train? You know, children and parents train with you or not? Yeah, we have. I think we have like two or three. They have um, one parent is uh, my age, forty-five or something, and he has two kids: one one boy and one girl, and they are around 10 years 12 years and they've been training us that girl is like 12 years been training us for two years and she brings friends in all the time and uh, she's she's already starting to become a, a challenge like 12 years old they take it like that and uh, so when she brings friends or something like that uh, let's say we have like four or five of them training together with us uh, you, you see how see how that thing goes and how much they learn you you even though you train them you don't think they pick up so much because they're they're unfocused and things like that when when they actually start rolling you got everything it took me one year to learn this and you 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 actually been just looking at it for two times and you got it already so yeah yeah that's problem coming your way in a good way yeah (laughs) it is scary how fast they pick it all up but no, I think it's I think it's brilliant personally when you see the you know the families training together. I think yeah. that's been one of the real positives that's come out of um, this last year for us. Um, there's been a fair few parents that have got involved, and I'm I'm interested to see how many parents end up staying involved after yeah. and when we're back because you know uh, they've experienced it you know for for a year and and they would have they would have felt jujitsu. So uh, yeah, interested to see how that pans out. Yeah. I think it's the same for the like the um, the spouses in some cases as well, isn't mm. it? Because we, like, obviously, we, we, whenever we whenever the adults have been able to train, they've had to train in a social manner. So you know you can bring a family member because they're part of your bubble already. Yeah, you know, so that that we've had a few of those come into the like in person sessions, but also when people are dialing in from home because we're running our stuff, you know, on Zoom, um, we do, we've got quite a few people that, that, that we've never really met them in real life. You know, but they're, but they're legitimately now able to do some stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Claire, your wife had never trained before, had she, Robin? And she's um, been consistent all the way throughout, hasn't she? she nah, didn't have a choice. Are <laughs> you uh, getting ready for a blue belt test yet? Or yeah. not? <laughs> so, Robin, your, your wife had not been training before this? No. She started after COVID? Oh. Which she she'd done some other sort of kickboxing and stuff with me like uh, okay some years ago, um, and we've spoken about jujitsu before. But with um like with, with the my two kids, that that's obviously difficult for childcare, you know, and stuff like that. But now they're starting to get that little bit older. Then actually, you know, realistically, after this is you know once we are back to normal, um, we might be able to sort of free up a couple of you know a, enough time for yeah. childcare for that, you know. Oh, that's brilliant. They're definitely an age where you can just leave them at home now. Well, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but I don't think uh, child protection. <laughs> uh, you know, there's you know one school age, then you know you can leave them at home. Lock the door, turn yeah, the fingers in the sockets. They won't open the door to any strangers because everybody's scary after the last year. So yeah, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, we've got rid of stranger danger. It's just danger now. <laughs> Everything's a danger. Everything. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned earlier that you, uh, as a as a young person, you um you you watched all of the different martial arts movies. 
I couldn't help but think as you were reeling off all of those uh, those movie stars. You know, what was your favourite Bruce Lee film? Just got to qualify this question. <laughs> oh, favorite. Um, it's a little bit confusing because they actually call different. You know that they call different in the opposite uh, uh, UK and US. Actually, they they named the Enter the Dragon and mm-hmm. uh, was uh, my favorite and. Uh, Somehow the big boss, which was my first one, yeah, yeah, yeah those two I, I have to say, yeah. But I was there's a guy called Shu Gusuki who made these ninja movies, and I was uh, pray for death and all these things, and yeah, I was uh, heavily influenced by those uh, throwing stars and things like nunchucks and uh, whatever, yeah, all these things, yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many times did you hit yourself in the knee with a pair of nunchucks when you were a kid? <laughs> Knees and nuts and heads, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, I had, I had, I make them with spikes. That was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Kids don't know how easy they've got now. They just like flick through Netflix to find the movies. We used to have to go to the video store, you know, find the right section, you know, yeah. wait for the movie to come back in because Jörn always had it out on rent, you know. So. <laughs> and we had this, in, in school, we had these carpenter classes and then we find some brooms and we cut those up and we stole them and we put some leather on them and nails and yeah, that's what we did, yes. <laughs> well, we probably can order them on e, eBay or whatever, but uh, we couldn't. Yeah, you had to go through. Um, did you get? Oh, you must have done all the. Yeah, you get all the martial arts magazines. Where in the back of the magazine, there's all the yeah. different. Like, you could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Black belt. Yeah, I have that one. And all these like letter courses where you could be a trained assassin or a spy or something. Change your identity. Go to different places. Oh, that was fascinating. Never ordered one though. No, maybe I should. Yeah. Um, um, do you think that had an influence on what you do for a job now? <laughs> ah, well, uh, for, for five years I did actually, or my actually my working career was that I was, uh, after I was in the army, I did one year uh, for the UN peacekeeping in Lebanon. And then I came home and I worked with movies and cinemas for 10 years, more or less. I did distribution for Paramount and DreamWorks and Fox and Universal. And then, as some of you have noticed, it was a digital era that came in and iTunes and a few others. People didn't buy. These these shelves here were probably full of DVDs uh, or maybe VHSs before that. And now there are books in them somehow. But uh, then I did that and uh, people stopped buying and then I entered Knife. So I was working with Gerber Knives for like five years. And now went um, it uh, in the, in under the COVID actually changed jobs. So now I started up a distribution company for hunting rifles and things like that. So uh, Blaser, Sauer, and Mauser is uh, what I distribute in over now. But uh, movies and those kind of things absolutely shaped my interest and uh, my uh, my work. Yeah, absolutely. So. I um, I'm just looking at the uh, the books behind you. I think I can see a Gracie book there, to, just over your left shoulder. You've got two. So here is two. Yeah, two Gracies. Yeah. Yeah, actually, somehow uh, this is the English version. So it's actually uh, I I rented it out to a friend, 
and uh, he didn't give it back. And then I bought a new one, and then somehow he gave it back to me again. So yeah, and this is uh, the Bible, the one. And uh, you guys try try this, the, the oh, diet. No. no, I've been trying that for now half a year. I don't know. <laughs> so the other thing that uh, you're a pretty well-traveled person as well, aren't you? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. How many, that's... Uh, how many countries have you done now? How many places? Oh, uh, um, I think I lost count after 50. But uh, yeah, I've been traveling and luckily my girlfriend for the last 20 years has the same interest. So yeah, we travel in a new, new country more or less every vacation. We never go to the same place. So, and I've been also lucky with my job. So yeah, love to, love to travel, love to travel. Yeah, meet, meet new people, yeah. What's your, what's been, this is tough. What's been your favorite place so far? Where's your? Um, I have to say, have, have you, any of you guys been to the South of Africa? No, I haven't, no. I envy the man that haven't been to Africa. I have to say that. Uh, it's a quote by somebody I don't know, smarter than me. But anyway, when you first go there, uh, yeah, Africa made an impression on me. A really big impression. I was there first time in 2002 and tried to actually go back to new places every second year. So uh, Africa, the culture, the nature, people. Mm, yeah, I have to say yeah. Africa changed me in, in many, many ways. And I, I try to bring as much people with me there as I can. So, and the struggling they are going through right now is, ours is petty. If you take all what they do, the, the, the way that they are needing tourism and things like that, uh, and nobody's coming now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fearing the worst of what's happening to the national forests and, and wildlife. and for us to get there and spend money is, I think, very important. So we'll see. But Africa, yes, my, my clear answer would be Africa. Um, my girlfriend trusts me a lot, but uh, I'm not allowed to go to Brazil by myself. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but of course, Brazil would be on top of my list. Yeah, and I would like to go to the Pedro Sauer camp, training camp and things like that. But uh, have to figure out to go with her. So one of the few countries that not allowed to go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, I guess I you've traveled a lot. Sorry, Pete. I was going to say you've traveled to lots and lots of different countries, but um, how many of those countries have you trained jujitsu in? Huh, um, actually, pretty many of them. I, I always bring my no gi uh, and uh, short. So I actually trained in more than. I think I was. More than 10 countries I trained. Um, yeah. America, many times, many different places, but none of them actually under Pedro Sauer. But uh, I was actually, that was a good one. I was uh, going to um, La Las Vegas with the UFC. And that was with Brian Ortega's yeah. first fight. And then uh, I went over there and talked to Johan like a week before. And he called me like, don't tell everybody that, that I'm going to see this fight. And you are? I'm also, okay. And then we go there a few days before. Turns out Brian can do the fight. And uh, 
early that morning. Uh, Ivan called me and said, like, are we doing something? No, it's the day of the fight, but uh, I'm just here and eating it. Take a trip to this, uh, take a cab and go to this place. And, and I came there and there was Hiron and Henner and Brian Ortega. And we had a full day of training or like two time, two hours of training with them. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, um, and I also been, every, I've been to Croatia uh, and uh, there I met some people uh, and they have been coming here as well. So I've been training with them and Italy, Spain, France. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, and everywhere you go, you meet the same kind of people and you just come on in and uh, it's amazing. I don't want to say like everybody's doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is amazing people, but I still have to say that I haven't met many hassles in this business at all. I mean, people are just genuine and um, yeah, it's, uh, my girlfriend said, you, every time we go to places, you go to this, with these big guys with tattoos and things like that. And it turns out every time we've been there a few days, we go out eating with them and meeting their families and like the, how they take you in. It's uh, amazed me every time, I have to say, every time. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, saw, you said at the start, you know, professor, 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 blue belt. But <laughs> you might have the best story there where you just turned up to dinner with Henna uh, Heron and, and Brian Ortega. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're winning on that front you, you dropped the best bombshell <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, I mean the, all the people that you meet in this journey I mean the, being living together with Andre Galvao been living together with uh, Henner when last time is living together with Al Maganello Pedro Saura has been actually in this room sleeping right here and like the stories that they tell when you're out eating like we talked after you rolled that half an hour on the mat when you're just sweating and relaxing and, and just talking to people, the, the stories and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. What's your, what's your kind of top tip for if people are traveling around and they're going to different academies and things like that? What would be kind of your? I know you said everyone's really welcoming and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is there is there anything you'd say like try and do this? before you go or you know be like you know be like yeah the academy or i would always always call first or contact them first by facebook or something like that telling that you're coming uh, i am 48 years old and i don't look frightening or I've, i'm not big but if you're young i mean if you're 25 years old guy and just comes into the studio it, it all depends on the energy you give out but if you pull a few jokes and, and tell them before you come in and just they are pre prepared that you know they're coming. I've always been very welcome. And even in, in, I was training a little while in a Swedish club because I was working in Sweden. So I was training with them and they have the European masters and everything's like that. And uh, some of the UFC guys as well. Uh, Gustafsson uh, trained there. Uh, I trained with him a few times as well. And as long as they know you're coming and know what level and what you expect, they're always welcome. But uh, uh, I had a few guys coming into my place and always welcome. And it turns out they have some kind of agenda or something or want to test them out. And then you have to know who to pair them up with. But if they already have placed you and where to take in, I, I feel that uh, it's um, just plain courtesy in my view. 
let's say I'm coming over and want to train with you guys and just get know the pricing and, and the, the the hours of training. Yeah, well, usually, yeah, I never been never been dismissed. I never had them know anywhere. So, but um, yeah, good tip always to contact them first and tell you where you're coming. And we are really really lucky because we are on the Pedro. And I trained under Gracie Baja, I trained under Alliance, I trained under, yeah, all these other places. And as long as you drop, is maybe name dropping is not the right thing to do everywhere, but to name drop his name is always given me good, good, good uh, experiences, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's good tips for people that are thinking about traveling and a bit maybe nervous about taking their gear with them when they go on holiday or... Yeah. I always pay. I always pay for the gi. I don't travel with the gi, but I tell them I don't have. And if you tell them that, you pay like 10 euros for your stay, like a week. And then they, yeah, usually they they, they bring in some of the guy have an extra gi. And if you're only there for a week, let's say you train three or four times. Yeah, this haven't been a problem. Usually I, I travel at summertime and then it's hot and no gi is easy then to have a rash guard in, yeah. My girlfriend also said, I said, no, I haven't checked out anything. I don't think I'm going to train this vacation. And then he goes to my bag and pulls off the gi and some tooth uh, protection. I said, ah, you're not going to train? Ah, maybe, maybe there's a place there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. the, the thing that, like, I found it fascinating, but, you know, I did it in Singapore. It was the only time that I've trained. Um, maybe I've trained elsewhere, but no, but Singapore sticks in my mind. And it was a Pedro Sauer school, and we I trained with um, Cameron Sobe. Sobes, you see him on. I think yeah. he's one of our episodes. Yeah. Um, but what what blew me away was, you know, we were talking about the syllabus earlier. It's like you walk into a completely alien environment. You know, lots of different people. Everybody's looking at you as if you think, "Well, who is this person? You know, what what are they? You know, what are they about?" Um, but as soon as you you know touch hands and, and you roll you're talking the same language. And, and yeah. with the fact that it was a Pedro Sauer school, it was, the, it was exactly the same moves. And it was, you know, you could predict what the next person was going to be doing. And it was, it, it was, it was, it was a special experience actually, just to, to be able to go the other side of the world and, and see people doing exactly the same as you. It was highly recommended. Yeah. If we can ever do it again. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. True. I'm looking forward to coming to Norway. <laughs> that would be great. No, but uh, as soon as we can travel, I uh, I have uh, UK on my list. And uh, since I've been now buying both Prime and Netflix, I've seen The Crown. I've seen... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Jörn, the, the other way around, I've, I've seen Vikings, I've seen um, The Last Kingdom, you know, anything Vikings, I'm obsessed at the moment. So, uh, okay. yeah. yeah, you should come. We have we have the greatest uh, Viking museums and, yeah, lots of places. Actually, just like half an hour from here, we have one of the greatest Viking burial grounds in all of Norway. So, yeah, you next time you, you drop by, we'll, we'll do extra Viking tour for you. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, last time when we came to when we were there when um, Marcel was there, yeah, it was a bit of a <laughs> by the time we got to you, we were already like two hours sleep for the last. <laughs> we that, were... that was a long weekend to get to that Sunday, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah, 
yeah. And then, yeah, and then obviously, Jörn was like nice enough to let us uh, sleep at the academy. So we, we slept yeah. at the academy and then, uh, yeah, got up about three hours later and then... <laughs> let's, plan, let's plan that better next time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's absolutely do that. And that's one of the things I really hope for to get started to, to have Pedro Sauer or like these black belts coming to, to Iceland, Norway and the UK and to have this rotation and, and then to meet again and for especially also the students to meet your students and the Iceland to have that brothership connected again for people will I think people are really missing to travel and uh, maybe we will be only able to travel in inside Europe or uh, the closer distance than there used to be and then it's a great opportunity to go and train and meet again so that's what I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And people don't realise, like, we are, you know, this, this whole thing, especially over the last couple of days, I don't know why particularly I've been thinking so deeply over the last couple of days. It's dangerous. You don't do it. Yeah, it's definitely dangerous. You think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I might catch on fire or something. It's like rubbing two sticks together. <laughs> but, um, uh, but maybe it's because because we're lucky enough to have a bit of a timetable going forward now. So maybe I've been a bit more reflective about, okay, this is what's happened. This is what's going to happen. And this is what I'd like to spend my time doing when we're, you know, free again. Um, but yeah, people don't realize like Norway is not a, a long flight to get to you guys. It's not, no. although they've changed the airport now, haven't they? have they closed? But yeah, the, the, the one that's really close to uh, Moss is closed down now, yeah. uh, probably going to open in a year or two, but anyway, like uh, now it's like one. I think I fly from Oslo to Heathrow one hour and twenty minutes, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's a really nice quick jump. Yeah. Um, and um, if you time your flights right, then it's um, it's pretty cheap as well. Or it was. I don't know what it'll be like after. Well, after that, that, that's another thing. Uh, I mean, we have Norwegian, like one of Norway's biggest companies, uh, like how many thousand people. And I think there were around um, 600 planes or something like that in the in the biggest. I think they're down to 53 planes now. 80% of the people that used to work there are laid off. And uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be, yeah, the traveling thing with cost is going to be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, and as we were saying earlier, it's exactly the same. You know, we walk into... You know, we we come to your academy. You know, when we came to your academy, and it, it, like you say, it's just like a home in a different venue. You know, and, and everyone, you know, is is super cool. And you know, same. We go to Iceland. We walk in with those guys, and it's the same. And yeah, no, it's just awesome. So I'm really excited, and I think, like you say, we can do loads of stuff with Europe. Yeah. And get that connection working even better than we figured it out before. And yeah, and involve because we. We always kind of had that connection, didn't we, with all the European academies? But yep. maybe we didn't pass that down to the, you know, pass that down to the students or get the students involved in that as much as we as we could. So yeah, definitely, absolutely, utilize the the connection that actually Jiu-Jitsu can give to you, uh, and uh, make sure that when they go to to the UK, that they actually drop by you guys and 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 say hi. And that way, the more people you know, sometimes you connect with people on a different level and. Some of my students will probably connect with your students, and and then they will see possibilities. And uh, yeah, 
it's so easy and people are used to this kind of communication now. I mean, in work and everywhere. So I think that will only make the possibilities better that way. Yeah. 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 No, I think it'd be great. Exciting. Maybe that's why. Maybe because I've been thinking about stuff more because it's getting a bit more exciting. It's a bit closer. Yeah. We might be able to strangle each other again soon. That would be nice. That would be <laughs> really nice. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, it's going to yeah. be exciting. Like you've been, I heard all these rules that if you've been away for a month, it takes like it takes you one week to get back. And like, okay, we've been out for 12 months now. How long will it be to be on the same level as you were? Will you ever, like, when you get there, like, it's yeah that's that's going to be uh, exciting to to feel how, how that goes and especially with uh, when you get a little bit older than like I do I was I was going to do the purple test in April so like one month away and then we stopped and and whole, all that thing how how are you like it took me like half year and all the training and get into repetition and just see how this this mind connects with the rest of the body on that level uh it's gonna take some time but uh if i have one thing it's time so i don't worry about that but it's to see how all the students when they get back they will feel like okay we're all on the same level now but uh we all all, all have gone down but how fast are we going up and uh that will yeah you you will have a kind of blue belt frustration there like okay we, i think i'm going up no you actually feel like you're going down and this uh yeah, up and down ride will be will be interesting to feel and and to see how other people are are taking it as well. Like uh, those guys who were, yeah, really like really spiking and coming up and catching you sometimes and things like that. And how will they now feel when they haven't been training and and new people are catching up to other people again and 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 the level on the math will will actually be a little bit uh, different. How, how do people really feel that? And if you have a good culture and a good good club with uh, with the right environment, uh, it should be okay. But uh, I think we'll, we'll feel a little bit of, yeah, testing that thing. Yeah. But we've spoken yeah. about that quite a bit, haven't we, Pete? Like just how, how to kind of ease people back in. Yeah. Are they going to be, you know, potentially, well, I don't know what the word is, it's not agoraphobic, but it's something along no. those lines. Yeah. yeah. So like, expectations, like. Yes. I should be able to do X, Y, Z from a technical point of view, from a, from a, a fitness point of view, from a, um, you know, like we, we call it like, a, we were talking about last week, like the suit of armor. Like if you haven't done as much of that type of exercise, you're going to hurt more because you haven't got your suit of armor on. Absolutely. So expectations are going to be, you know, potentially going to be way out from, from reality. And I think, I think we, we were talking about just kind of, how, how do you kind of taper that, Hmm. back in you know yeah well, well, all, all, all students always hear that talk about you can't afford to have an ego you know you have to leave the ego at the door i think if ever there is a time it's when you come back after lockdown yeah yeah <laughs> and you need to dedicate five minutes the first round instead of sparring at the end of class talk and just say look don't don't feel like you have to win actually everybody's mission is to get submitted. And I think once you get that, that kind of, that, that if you have the, the monkey off your back, you know, it's that, yeah. it's that, that saying, once you get that out of the way, then it's okay. Just, just play, just have fun. That was yeah. the, the key Darwin thing, wasn't it, Bill? Do you remember? It was yeah. uh, you know, like tonight, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tap. 
10 times. Yeah. And he even made sure that he got got that many times. Because if you if you have that agreement with yourself to start off with, and that's your goal, then yeah. someone else didn't take it from you. Yeah. And it means that people are more, are more willing <laughs> to of doing it, you know? That's a good one. I think yeah. the other tip, I can't remember which which professor gave it to us when we were talking to so many recently. So sorry if it was you um, and you bother to listen to us ever again. Um, but to, 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 to do um, situational sparring um, yeah, yeah. is a good tip, I think, as yeah. well. So instead of just a full-on, you know, any position, you know, just, just, just work these two positions. I think that might, might, you know, get people back in the right spirit. Yeah, that, that's a really good thing. I mean, um, in the last two years, this has been probably the best thing that we've done. Like we, we usually train um, blue belt and a bone or advanced or whatever you want to call it. We had like one and a half hour and we did half an hour with uh, techniques and we did one hour with sparring afterwards because that's what people wanted and that's how it all turns out. But when we, we separated that one hour with sparring, and did first like 10 minutes with positional uh, sparring, and then we increased it to 20. And uh, we should increase it more because that is where I've seen the biggest growth on people to get in the same position and repeat that also when sparring. So you're absolutely right. And, and the way of, um, of uh, egos and the way of uh, damages and things like that is, yeah, it's non-existent in, the, in that period of training. Yeah, yeah. We found, didn't we? We found like when we had done some more of that sort of stuff, it, it, it forces people to be in the positions that they don't they don't generally find themselves in when they roll. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like you get into your own little pattern and you just go, right, I'm going from here to here, I'm gonna use this transition to get there. So you probably kind of spend ninety percent of your time in sort of ten percent of whatever, pick a number, twenty percent, twenty five percent of positions. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, why don't we make sure you always know what the bad what the bad position feels like, you know? Yeah. And start there. And, and then, then if you get caught there, well, now you, now you might have a, a chance of feeling comfortable enough to do something about it. Yeah. So, situation you guys definitely is a is a winner for me. Absolutely. And if you guys ever train, uh, have the possibility to train under uh, a Gracie Baja uh, studio or go there and just feel it out. They have like this timetable on the walls. They're training after this system, uh, curriculum, but they're strict one. And I'll be, I've been one in Spain and I think one in Italy as well. Um, and they are actually having that part of the of the uh, timetable that positional sparring is a pretty huge piece of the cake there. So they actually, uh, that's where I first actually yeah, felt it like they were doing it on a, on a steady basis that was actually under the Gracie Baja uh, regime. Yeah, that's the first time I saw it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what have you, you said? You've been watching quite a lot of videos and quite a yes. lot of stuff. Yeah. What's, what, what sort of stuff Netflix have you... Prime. What's that? Netflix, what? Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> You've been watching quite a lot of jiu-jitsu stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what my, been... my girlfriend always says, like, oh, is it those guys again? And that's Hero and the Hammer because I've probably seen all the crazy breakdowns and the DVDs for many, many years. So she knows their voices. But now there's a guy called um, Dave Karma, who has this, uh, he has a stu- student who's doing his video for him. And uh, yeah, he has very much the same philosophy as Pedro, I think, uh, all, a little bit old school, 
but he has, uh, I think he's like my age, and he has a lot of good thinking of how his academy is and things like that. I don't agree with him with everything. There's a belt things and a few other, uh, other things that I don't agree with, but he has a pretty nice way of taking up both sides of every case. And uh, yeah, he's, um, I, I get a lot of inspiration from him. And there's also a Gracie Academy that's called Redline and that has a own a YouTube channel, which, uh, and a lot of these places, uh, seems to me like the last year has been giving out so much video content for free because all these guys want probably like you guys, the students to stay or they, they need a different kind of income. And, and um, yeah, it's, uh, and of course, Pedro, I see he's giving out two new now. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, with yeah. the BJJ Fanatics. Yeah. Um, so have you, any of you guys you seen it? No, to be honest, I watched the I watched the intro when he did a yeah. little mount escape when he did the UPA, but did some little extra little bits on the UPA. Yeah, um, and, and the side control. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will buy the two uh, the two BJJ fanatics things. I'll be honest, I haven't watched. <laughs> I've hardly watched any jiu-jitsu at all in the last year. Um, I don't. I mean, I can't even tell you why. I think it's just I don't feel like I can. Because I don't feel like I could engage with it um, or practice it, I'm I'm a bit like you. I haven't got sort of a partner to train it with, so I think I've kind of just I've thought about jujitsu a lot. I wonder if it thought about me. <laughs> I've thought about jujitsu a lot, and I've sort of thought about the curriculum and run moves through in my head and kind of done a bit of that kind of visualization not even on purpose but just you know when you when you daydream a bit I start thinking about jiu-jitsu yeah um, yeah and then obviously with us doing the podcast talking about it but um yeah I haven't watched I haven't watched very much I have to say and actually I think running back into when I know that it's getting closer yeah I will probably watch a bit more again and maybe some some new, a bit like you, some new stuff, but some fundamental stuff like here yeah. on a stuff, um, and watch, you know, rewatch our curriculum and rewatch Master Sauer's um, re-videoing of the curriculum rather than yeah. the other versions, just to see the differences and start to try and pick those out. Yeah. Um, almost getting ready to teach more than anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I haven't watched much. I don't know if these guys have watched much or. No. I can tell you why I don't. It makes me sad yeah. that I'm not doing it. Yeah. It, it. Genuinely, I watch a video or if I see some jiu-jitsu, it kind of like brings a tear to my eye. And, 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 and I, Do you remember there was the, um, the, the conference at HQ a couple of months back? Yeah. And I was watching the live of that and I was like, I've got to turn this off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even do this. I have, I have to say I totally agree with you because I was starting to do those things with uh, HQ and watching these. Uh, of course, it was a little bit too late for me. I'm even one hour yeah, before yeah. you guys as well. So that like, okay, it's like 12 o'clock at night and I have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I can't do this. But I, I got the same feeling from that one. That, that was a little bit sad to, to actually watch that. But uh, all the other the videos I have with the mentality of Helio, like, okay, I'm sitting and watching. Yeah. And somehow I believe when I step on the mat, I remember everything. But we'll see. We'll, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. But yeah, like one day I step on the mat, 
all these things had gone through my mind and all these grips and everything and yeah, all this, yeah. I think the so, other thing yeah. for, for myself is, or I guess for the other guys as well, but because I am doing some stuff like with, with my wife, yeah. Um, I haven't, uh, there isn't the time. We're, we're running classes. We're, we're doing like every session that we would have, there's something on, whether it's a podcast or whether we do like a weekly quiz or something, you know, there's not much spare time. And then when I am doing stuff, we're doing fundamentals and I'm teaching, teaching my wife. So actually, to be fair, we focus more kind of, well, me personally, I focus more on the stuff we've already got. Yeah. Because I've been, you know, passing that on a little bit more. So I haven't really, as much as everybody needs, you know, to develop, like uh, uh, my development at the moment has been focusing backwards a little bit, I guess. A bit of a weird way of putting it, but... I'm a monster on the kids' curriculum. Yeah, Pete's, Pete's kid, like he knows that kid stuff now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do all the kids, the kids online classes, and uh, those are the ones I'm teaching. Yeah, I'm, I'm a killer on the uh, on the kids' kids' curriculum. Did Did you ever try the Gracie Bulletproof? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, we use um, we we um, we run the Pedro Sauer stuff, and they're kind of yeah. they're getting in they're they're getting into the. Pedro Sauer stuff now, the Master Sauer stuff um, in terms of their, like their development. Yeah. Um, and we've got mixes of variations of, of that, those moves, because yeah, they work really well just for movement, like just for them understanding the movement and the everything like that. So um, yeah, it's really you good. You do the wild horse and the Spider-Man and the tape bringing down the giants and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, they love it. They're um, yeah. they're killers, and and we've had like this hard hardcore of kids. Um, probably let's say across the two ages. Two years. It's two years now since February February twelfth. Yeah, two years ago we started the kids class, and we've now got this core that have stayed, obviously in person, and then they've been doing it on Zoom at home with their parents. Um, yeah. And there must be a core of about fifteen kids, I guess, across the two classes, something like that. Maybe. Oh, wow. That's great. And, um, they're get, you know, even you can just see because they've had it's almost in a way been better for them because they've had obviously us teaching and then their parents, they've had a parent as their body one to one the mm. whole way through. So they don't have to wait for a go. They don't mm. have to uh, they're doing jujitsu for their full hour, full on, twice a week or once a week. And they're yeah, they're getting um they're we're, getting we've kind of got that thing, haven't we? Like we've got like some of the younger ones like like Sophia or you know that kind of age group, you can see they've gone from doing like movements and now they can legitimately do some some submissions and stuff. Yeah, you know, they're not going to they're not going to get people, but they they understand. Like you say, do the oh, okay, and do an armbar. But you look at some of the older ones, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be in danger in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. The younger ones are getting getting okay. The older ones, it's just yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's one of my challenges since I am in uh, in the taekwondo school. When when kids coming there, like we have like hundred kids in taekwondo, so of course when they step into our academy, where kids go, where the rest of the kids go, and that's like taekwondo is huge in Norway, always been, and uh, so it's more or less the only kids I've got in my club is because their parents train. And they bring the kids and they actually do they take care of the kids or bring friends with the kids so they can do the training with us or they actually train with themselves you have like well before 
obviously. Do you have like separate children's sessions or they just coming in and, and talk about No, we, we haven't had that. We said like if, if the kids are coming in where they are with their parents or actually they come in pairs and we, we take care of it. We go through them and things like that, but we are mainly focused on 16 or I've said 13 and upwards. That's the, when they come and they can train with everybody. That's where we have started. But uh, I always hope that, uh, and a few of the guys that train are now the children are getting close to five or six or something like that. I said like, if, and I hope, and and I guess that that will happen within the next two years that some of them will actually start that kids program. But uh, yeah, right now Taekwondo is, stealing all our kids but uh, we'll we'll see i mean if when we start <laughs> but uh yeah it, it, it's okay it's okay well i mean we didn't we didn't have a kids program for the first three years did we and then we introduced it and then obviously yeah we started with that core group um of same similar like obviously um bill's bill's kids doing yeah. it and um bill's sister her daughter doing it and then she brought a couple of her friends along and kind of they all started doing it so it was a social network that started it really as much as anything and then yeah we we launched the second one in a slightly different venue in a different town and pre-sold it so we advertised it and took names down ready to start you know and, and we just we started with two full classes it was crazy two full you know classes of kids um but yeah it's so the one thing definitely with the I feel the most from the kids is how rewarding two years down the line it is to see, to see them, you know, like uh, one of our members, Matt, his son, Lucas trains and obviously Bill's, um, uh, Bill's eldest trains. I mean, they both do, but Bill's eldest trains in the older group. And obviously because they do, they've been doing a bit more for a bit longer, whereas the little kids are focused on, like you say, the movements and doing things like Spider Kid and just control positions and, you know, just getting into doing submissions. But, you know, Matt was saying the other night, genuinely, he he finds his son Lucas becoming a handful when he's only, how old's Lucas? Eight, nine? No, I think he just... just no, sorry. Similar to Aaron, so he's 10 coming up for 11. He might have yeah. just turned 11, but whatever, yeah, that kind of age, 10 or 11. Yeah. Like, yeah. Genuinely, he's a handful. Yeah. It's slightly different for Bill, obviously, because... With, with Bill being a bit more experienced and being a purple belt, Matt's a, a white belt. So Lucas and Matt have been training not that much different a period of time. No. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I'm having problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But that, that, that is the charm of the whole thing. Yeah. Like it works. And if yeah. you get the technique, it works. It works on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? Oh, did you see Rodolfo Vieira on the UFC here the last few weeks ago? No, no. No, like he was being this huge prospect. And um, I think he's like ADC champion two or three times, world champion seven times. And, uh, well, an uh, unknown guy tapped him out. Uh, he was uh, full of adrenaline and uh, got the adrenaline dump. And in round two, he was uh, submitted by an unknown guy. And... Uh, no. But like you said, jiu-jitsu works. You get that in, everybody has to tap. Because he's um, he's really well known for his pressure passing, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, um, yeah, serious pressure pass. But how he must be, without being rude, because he's probably younger than me, he must be getting on a little bit now, is he? How old's Adolfo? He must be. 
I don't know. I would guess like 35. I don't know. Something like that. I <laughs> yeah, maybe he's younger than I thought he was. Yeah. 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 He's younger than you, I think. <laughs> yeah, younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to criticise his jiu-jitsu in the slightest. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't he from the other lineage as well? Isn't he from the Fada lineage as well? Is he great? Yeah. Yeah. He's from the Fada. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't know exactly what is the difference in their practical or philosophical way. I just know there's a Fada line, but I don't know if there is different uh, and uh, like other more physical. Or did they do more wrestling? I don't know that his history. I have to read that on. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I. I it's the so f for people that don't realize there's another lineage of grappling um incredibly similar to jiu-jitsu and a lot of the guys they all compete in jiu-jitsu tournaments um and it's the gft team are a fada lineage aren't they yeah <coughs> um and Rodolfo Vieira comes from that kind of lineage i read i weirdly read something about it the other day and i'm i'm definitely going to mess this up but it's um yeah i think they had, like you say, a bit more of a wrestling influence. Yeah. I think there was a more of a wrestling influence to start with, and it just a similar branch at the similar like parallel thinking almost, wasn't it? Hmm. Um, from what I see, and obviously I think early on they were in quite a lot of competition with the Graces, but the Graces did a better PR job. I yep. think it's probably fair to say. In addition to these books, I also ordered now Robert Drysdale uh, just published a book. And I think that actually takes up some of these questions. And uh, also Hicks and Gracie also just <coughs> got a new book out there. So I just ordered from Buddha Videos. So we'll see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw he had a new book out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Yeah, I need to look at that. That should be good. Yeah. Cool. Are, are you guys still under the Global Jiu-Jitsu Federation? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was I was thinking about getting in there now when we open up again. Yeah. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, we might need to renew our subscription. Uh, might be coming around time to renew. I can't remember now. Okay. They take money every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that. And I before before lockdown, I got the video all of uh, Hickson's new videos that he yeah. did for that. Actually, actually, I bought them. Like, uh, so I have I've actually had that subscription, but I have it as a private person. I haven't haven't done it uh, through the system. No. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, we did it to sort of support to support what Hickson was doing with that. Yeah. And um, it actually ended up getting us two members a long time ago, didn't it? Mm. Um, where they looked, they saw the Global Jiu-Jitsu Federation website and yeah. found our school because of that. They're the only people that ever have, but, okay. you know, like that. Yeah. why not? I mean, it's not... You know, again, it's not an expensive subscription to no. it as a school, and you get a nice sticker. Yeah, yeah, a nice sticker and like a, a address on some internet site, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not one of those type of adverts. Yeah. <laughs> so just going back to the GFT thing, it was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it was. Um, it was 1978, uh, uh, Fernando Gumiares, I don't know how you say it, but um, he, he was a professor and he, he tried to get it put into the university curriculum. Um, but he was a Colson Gracie black belt, and that was where the, the kind of the, the divide happened. 
Um, mm. but big black belt judo, jiu-jitsu, um, and the and the GFT kind of academy was founded in nineteen. Where was it? It was something there. I missed it. I've I've lost it. It was good. <laughs> oh, I was, just, I was it, doing really well. Yeah, I was getting drawn in then. You, yeah. <laughs> the academy was finally up and running in, in Rio de Janeiro okay. um, and that's that's when it was uh, that's when it became you know its own its own club and, and obviously great success with the number of champions since then there you go there you go what, what, what am I am I the Jamie doing the, the technical research and stuff like that I don't know. Exactly. that makes you young Jamie and Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just like that, except without the technical skill, the budget, or the listeners. <laughs> yeah, or, or the content, because actually the GFT team was founded in 2007, not 1996. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore that whole section, <laughs> or, or if you want, you know, just, just listen to it and then correct it after. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, one, one quick question: Was that the Terere part? You going back to there? Which one? No. Sorry, I thought that the Terere was one of the founding members in that story you told. No, um, no maybe not. No, I think it's better if he sends you the link. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No. Uh, yeah. No, I'll, it's okay. I'll keep it's looking. Okay. I'll, I'll no, come no. back. Leave me here. I'll, I'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> we might have <laughs> yeah. I, I would advise you to do, take a look at the Valencia brothers they have some really good history lessons uh, and uh, they have a huge library as well so those guys if you if always when I try to double check something I always go back to the Valencia brothers they have a lot of videos and many of them are on history down to why the belts are this way and things like and they are if somebody goes back to the Helio school all the way down. I think they're more original Gracie than any of their sons or any of their uh, relatives right now. Yeah, they actually follow um, with the geese, even though they cut them like the old Helio geese. So yeah, they, these guys are great and they're doing great work in Miami, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's weird that thing with the, how much do you preserve and stay the same and how much do you adapt and evolve. and evolve with it as well isn't it it's the yeah. I, I think it, i mean i think it's good that they have that preservation attitude because yeah. we can look back at that and then it's nice to have the other side as well i'm sitting on the fence properly here yeah it's nice to, <laughs> yeah exactly it's nice but it's nice to have the evolution as well isn't it to have both absolutely but what i, what I really like about these guys, those guys is like they have done a, made a conscious decision on where they are. Yeah. Yeah, this is the line we're going to follow. This is this is our lineage. This is exactly how this is our vision that we're going to end up there. And I think many other places like, okay, we don't have a vision, but we drift. Oh, this guy gets in here, and then we drift a little bit back and forth. So they have a clear vision of where they want to go. And I think here, here on Henner also, very close to that, I have a clear vision, and I don't get that back and forth and... Uh, and that way they can, they, I think that's the best way to get the best curriculum is that having a, a clear vision of where we are and where we actually want to go and uh, how to get there. So, yeah. 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 
Just yeah, about... I think it goes right back to what we said at the beginning, isn't it? Is that you have that set curriculum that you can rotate through, students know where they are, and you can't include everything and you can't learn everything. There's just not the time to do it. But like you say, you stick to that clear vision and you're going to get the best student that you can yeah. from that you know from that clear vision otherwise you're you're fishing around trying to find all the best techniques and changing everything every week and i don't think anyone grows from that particularly no it's confusing very sometimes yeah 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 it's strange but uh, cool have go on i was going to Robin, you were going to say something. Sorry, I was, no, no, I was looking at the stupid face. Okay, that's all right then. <laughs> so, yeah, if anyone's out in, well, not at the moment, but <laughs> if anyone's out in Norway and they want to come and... You're not allowed to enter the realm of Norway within, <laughs> within the next three or four months anyway, so we stop you at the border. And, uh, yeah, but if you come after that, uh, please contact me on Moss uh, Jiu Jitsu. Facebook is easiest. And uh, do, do we actually have a Pedro Sauer page where they can find us now? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. If, if, if that's there, they can also find my there. And of course, uh, yeah, they can contact me uh, directly as well. Uh, should be able to find me on Instagram and Facebook and under Moss Jitsu or just my name, Jörn Bakken. So please yeah. contact me. Yeah. Um, what I'll do as well in the um, show notes for iTunes and stuff, that's okay. I'll put the Moss Jitsu link on there yeah. for them as well so that they can find the academy um, if they want to travel out there as well. So, yeah, we'll do that as well. That'd be cool. And, yeah, definitely we need to uh, get the European side of things strong. And We will do. We will do. Is this the way? Yeah, that's the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Right, well, I'm going to cut it off here um thank you everybody again as always if you've made it this far can you make sure you've hit the like subscribe notification button for youtube uh wherever that is i'll put that on there somewhere <laughs> and if you can uh, obviously available on um itunes on spotify and under google uh google podcast now and anywhere else you find your podcasts um, please feel free to comment and give a rating on there because that really helps as well um but other than that thank you everybody for for listening or watching and we'll catch you next week so thank you very much hey, bye. Hey, bye.